My name is Elozinam. The boy Shia Wolo. We are live at the Ball Gecko Park. The man is electric! Welcome, 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 welcome to the Ball Gecko Narrated Podcast. It's another episode. You know, it feels so good to be back behind the microphone again. Woo! It's been a while. <laughs> it's like I'm dusting dust and then clearing cobwebs everywhere. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's mental. Our studio is now so fresh and I'm big. You know, when you have shiny machines, then you are eager to start work. Like, boom. So today we are going to be talking about something that is very, very close to my heart once again. How hard is it to go pro? You know, most times many of us just watch TV and then we're very quick to say, hey, this guy knows how to play ball. This guy should have shot me. This guy should have crossed this one. Like, And I took a chill and I was like, man, sometimes I heard the saying one. Somebody was saying, I think it was when Nigeria were about to start playing the Nations Cup. And then they were saying this Nations Cup means so much to these guys than to us fans behind and i sat back and then i thought about it like man it's true these guys slave they train they practically live their whole lives on the pitch and then the only compensation they have for it is that okay the pay is very good one two about the fact that they know that a footballer's career is very short so for these few years almost quarter of their life they are ready to dedicate everything to it and then we don't realize how hard it is for these guys to be pro how hard is it or how hard it took these guys to be on top there or to be in front of us on the tv and i decided to dig deep today and then we're going to talk about how hard is it to go pro so straight to it boom so i start with myself in 2008 i went for a trial in lagos nigeria called future football in some etnan air force base and I saw firsthand how corrupt football could be. And okay, so after troubling my mom to get to the perfect football boots to get the shin guard, and then I went there and I got to the training, I was in for a shocker. Not only was I the only footballer that scored, <laughs> I discovered that most of the scouts that were there already knew so many of the players that were there. So it was like it was a formality. And then the most heartbreaking part again was a guy that was there that was obviously older than all of us and then the way the whole scouting thing went at the end of it we got into the room and then they'll give us like a pep talk then they'll give us our cards and then once you open your card you know if you're going to the next stage or not and then i saw guys that it was obvious that these guys played and then they made it to the next round and at that instant i gave up football of course, I was a child then, but that was like the first time in my life, I was, I think I was about 13, that I would see politics firsthand and then I the inequality got to me and as a kid, I decided to leave football and now that I'm matured, I know that, okay, that's not an excuse, that's not good enough, I should still have fought for what I believed in and everything, but right there and then, it was obvious how nepotism can rule the game, even as a small kid how difficult it was and that was the last trial i ever went for after that the only thing i did was play football for fun this is ball gecko Punk. huge for liverpool heartbreaking for west ham So, I think we should start with UK, the home of football. In UK, for example, which is the biggest league 
in football right now. I think that's the number one league. I feel they should be the best yardstick for us to pick as an example for how difficult football is. In UK, from the age of nine, you can join an academy. Only 180 from the 1.5 million youth footballers in the UK are likely to make it all the way to the Premier League, which is less than 1%. Do you know what that means? So less than 1% of everybody that you see training with you in the UK are the ones that will make it all the way to the Premier League. 180 from 1.5 million. Less than 1%. That's not even like 1 in 10. That's 1 in 100. Like 1%. Is that crazy? It's even less than 1 in 100 because this is decimals upon decimals to tell you how difficult it is that we are seeing all these guys on tv we are seeing declan rice we are seeing missing mount we are seeing few footing and then it looks like oh this guy what are they doing this guy <laughs> these guys have been through a whole lot so online i stumbled on nick Humphries from train effective who gave up everything he had to try and become a professional footballer this dream of in itself was way way crazy but he gave himself like 100 days and then he left his home in australia quit his well-playing job and he left his family and friends behind that he wants to emulate the success of the types of jamie vardy and then live life as a professional footballer of course in 100 days this guy did not even make it to football but you know what struck me he said something he said the goal of going into this was to get a professional contract in 100 days and even though he knows he was not successful that he learned some things that he and then he hopes that young footballers were able to watch his videos on youtube and then learn from them and then he stated that he cited challenges like politics like ego like corruption like people falsely collecting money from people in the promise of getting them trials and all and see, don't let us even get into it in Nigeria. So this is a guy that left Australia, left everybody, and then he decided to give himself 100 days. He broke it into 50 days of training. And then there were videos of him training, checking um, online. Now, it's, it's I think it's a lot easier now for ourselves because you can go on YouTube and then you can get the training routines of most of these professionals without actually being in academy. This is access to information that most people will never get. But now it's easier. So it took 50 days to do that. And then the next 50 days, he was going for trainings, going for trials, trying to make it into the big league. But even though it was obvious that he had natural talent, it was not enough for him. And he didn't make it. So, in the words of Steven Gerrard, he said something. He said, young players don't realize how hard the opportunity is until it is gone. You know, it's very easy for you to just watch tv and judge these guys but there's these guys have been playing football since like age four and then age five age six age nine they are in academies playing 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 for the fun of it in as much as their parents try to hammer it into them like this is a big deal i saw a video of a young guy and then he had played in like almost 11 clubs ranging from real madrid to i think arsenal to going to france at that point when i saw the video he was like 17. he said he's still trying to become professional because he still believes he has it but he now realizes that he had golden opportunities as a young boy that he did not even take serious now to tell you it's there's a very slim chance that you can explain to a nine-year-old how lucky he is to be where he is and then he won't grasp the extent of what his parents are trying to tell him so not only will a nine-year-old have to get that down his head or understand that he will now have to translate it into performing on the pitch 
can you that, that the trauma the young boys are going through so i saw an academy they call this um afeway football academy um afeway football academy it is a non-profit organization run by volunteers and then it's funded by the local council council of brixton and they run it twice a week and this training is to inspire children from ages 5 to 16. now there are two people who own this place is Steadman Scott and Tony Goldring. It's Steadman Scott that got me. He was explaining how he grew up in the streets of London and then he was witness he witnessed several riots, several stabbings. You know, I didn't know that these things exist until I started reading. And then I realized how dangerous UK is. He, you know, it's easy for us to watch um, Hollywood and then we'll see all the gangster stuff and then we'll know, oh, maybe New York or Brooklyn. These same things happen to black people or it's not even it's not about color black white everybody is out there and it is crazy even for them as young stars there are several stab cases several drug cases this guy was this steadman scott went to jail for drug possession i think they said he was trying to transport drugs or something but he went to jail and then he came out of it and then he said it dawned on him how football can actually be an escape for several of these young guys and then he set up an academy and then the beauty about this academy is they they said the number one thing that they train young players to do is to be able to move the ball personally so there were videos of young boys that they were saying they realized when they got here he helped their football because football is like a dance to them you have to have this rhythm the owners are jam i feel is a jam Jamaican word so there's this Jamaican flair to it and then they are trying to do their own bits to making these guys go professional they were they are able so far the number one star they have is Klein of Liverpool that's that's like the biggest star they have that they've been able to produce but not only that as at the time when the interview that was going on at that point they said 60 of the boys dead that is within agent five ages 5 to 16 already already are in top clubs already assigned to academies rather so apart from training with their academies then they still come twice a week to still train with Afewe. and then in the history of them as at when i watched it it was 2018 dated then they said 40 of their players both male and female have gone pro and then eight have gotten to international level and then it's beautiful to see that in as much as um, it is hard to go pro they are doing their own bits and pieces to try and help these guys at a young age to realize the important the guy is very strict <laughs> i watch videos of him talking to the guys i can see him raising his voice and i'm like yeah yeah see these jamaican guys it sounded like my uncle or something and then some of these young boys need to hear this to put themselves together and really face football and i'm glad that they are allowing him to do this so importance of getting pro first of all i want to lay it down to you so you can see how hard it is first of all it's important for the players to start early joey barton a former england footballer international starter definitely man city started in man city he was talking about football and then he said player development will stop between the ages of 17 to 22 meaning from age 5 to before 17 a player has to have gotten all the skills now it's crazy to think that a player would need to get this but that's to tell you the amount of hard work that these young children are putting in to 
be able to be top footballers. You can imagine a nine-year-old training to make sure he's getting his techniques like passing, like shooting, like crossing, and then the technical parts like knowing your position on the pitch. And this does not mean there are several top internationals that started as defenders and then they become strikers. Several strikers have become defenders. Based on the academy they are in, based on what the coaches think, Except the few lucky ones that are lucky enough to have former internationals in their family and then those ones are following them back to back or maybe a dad that was a former international and then those ones can pull strings. These are advantages because your dad can insist by talking to the coach that, oh, I need this, this, this. But if not, which is the majority, is the coach that decides. Not like the coach will not still decide, but it's easy to get your dad or uncle is a former professional to explain to the coach why he wants you to do this and being that esprit de corps they will be able to rub minds together and agree most of these young boys are just thrown out there and expected to get a grasp of all this information that is coming to them rush rush the competitive nature i just told you 180 from 1.5 million so in the words of wenger wenger tried to break it down how age is important and at what age each footballer has to get what and then he said technique must be gotten between the age of 7 to 14 years that is the shooting the passing the chesting the crossing <laughs> and then physical a player must be able to get his physical side knocked down between the age of 14 to 17 that is how fast he is because there have been several cases of players that are fast between 9 10 11 and then they start becoming slow as they are growing older let's not forget these guys are changing hormones are changing they are turning they are turning from children to teenagers and he's saying that by the age of 14 to 17 they must be able to have have a knack on it and then be able to maintain that pace and then at least be at that level and not come down not only that he said then at the age of 14 to 18 that's when they will focus on reading the game and movement this that we always say that oh this guy is intelligent on the pitch he knows where to stand to get the ball or this one is very good at crossing he knows how to cross the ball and see what other people are not saying or read what he feels his other his teammate is going to do next age 14 to 18. <laughs> then he said the hardest part is a player determining within himself that oh yes i want to be successful and he said this is between 18 to 19. from all the videos i've watched they said the hardest part about going pro is sticking to that plan and not having any other plan they said the moment you are a footballer and then you believe that oh there's an alternative of okay maybe i should go to school maybe i should do this that already the chances of you going pro reduces drastically so you have to be crazy about it you have to stand with it and never give up <laughs> So I read an analysis and then they say Man City has spent 2 million on scouts in London. You can imagine the intensity of scouting. You might spend 2 million in just London to get scouts out there, to get words out there. And even with this, bro, I can pick out the number of top footballers that are from London. And then no wonder most of the time you always hear them players coming in from South America because these South American boys already have this mentality of um, I want to be great. I, I love football. And then you can see how football is like a tradition to them. You can see the likes of Kaká, Robinho, Adriano, Ronaldo, this South American Messi, not to mention, um, forget all the Argentines, Saviola, um Riquelme, all these guys embody football it's like 
from a young age, especially when you spot a star, the whole community is behind the boy. Is they their own tradition is a little bit different from England in a way. They I I think they are more crazy about their samba style of football. Not to take away from the fact that the English boys to have their own style, but most times these days, we even see the English boys going all the way to France to get more playing time because it's very crazy in England. No, if I was a footballer, self, eh? Believe me, you. At age 18, I'll be looking for a contract in probably France because it's highly, highly competitive in this area. And these guys still churn it in, still work hard, still try to make it. And, ah, massive respect. So, I read about this guy. I'm sure we all saw it too. About a footballer in Man City, Jeremy Winston, that committed suicide at the moment where he was dropped. So, he was 17. And then, instead of him to be promoted to the next league in man city they said this boy was dropped from the academy and then they said man city tried to get other scouts to sign him but it was too hard for him and then he committed suicide it's it is a very sad story and they said he hung himself in his sister's room and to tell you how the mental side of how hard going pro is that it was so hard for this guy to take rejection, even though he was in his Man City. You know how hard it is to even make it to the Man City Academy. And then because he has given so much, and then at the point when he thought he would be promoted to the next stage, he was dropped and it was too much for him. I'm, I'm just trying to let you guys know that even at that level, this guy still killed himself. Now, I did some digging deep and I read somewhere that he had muscle ligament injury which was like a year from when he was supposed to be signed and that maybe this injury was part of the reason why he was dropped because that's what his dad said because the boy expected Man City to stand by him. Now, it is easy for us to say Man City were very wrong, but we know several great players like even Van Dijk that just had an ACL and he has not gotten back to that top form. We know several players like De Lima that had this same muscular injury and affected his career to how big he actually would have been if he didn't have several injury crises we know several top 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 players that injury has stopped their careers now these people are the one special ones already that are professional and their injuries still affected them so i feel man city were at a place whereby they said okay this guy is good this guy has massive potential but do you want to spend so much resources on him to still watch and see if he'll be able to recover from this muscular injury completely or is it going to affect him and he the peak of his career so they decided to they said he had like nine trials arranged by man city for him but it was too much for him and he was not interested in that i'm just trying to let you know that even in the mix of how difficult it is to get your technique right this guy's this guy was 18 meaning he must have gotten his technique he must have gotten his physical he's reading the game he must have been determined to be successful and he was 18 waiting to go pro and at that point injury affected him then and then he believed that that was the end of him and he committed suicide it is it is real man the next time you are thinking of shouting at this guy for not crossing that ball well know that all their lives they've been training so hard and they are still training so hard to do this to be at the top of their game so please let us be emotional about this too when we're watching football so apart from this i'm going to outline some reasons why i believe football is affecting these guys from going pro 
directly. Now, there were several scouts that were and coaches ranging from Gerard, ranging from Wenger, ranging for several, several stars that were talking about why they feel going pro is even harder. And then they said number one thing is that money is spoiling the game. And I was like, okay, money is actually helping the game because these guys know how to train and then they are, there's a track record of how they are developing. But they now said no, that it's not just that. That they are saying at the age of 17 or 18 that there are many boys who have never touched ball they've never played football professionally because you can't play football professionally until 17 18 that except some special leagues where you see some 16 year olds that there are many many that have never touched the ball professionally at age 17 18 and then they have millions already in their accounts and then there was a particular guy that was saying that that was what affected his career because most times he's always training most times he's always in between getting better at this or on the road with his team or playing a match that the few times when he's free because he had money in his account that he had the wrong set of friends and then they were giving him the wrong set of advices and then you know what money does money exaggerates every flaw or any any character that you have so if you are stingy the more money you have the more is evident if you are a very angry person the more money you have the more is more evident so he said money exaggerates these things and then it was part of what affected him he also cited example of not having his father in his life and how a coach stood in and was the person who helped him. But all I'm trying to say is that the fact that this young player, you see nine-year-olds that they are buying for millions of dollars and I'm like, okay, there's so many uncertainty around this and these millions are going to the boy's pocket. So it's very hard for him to put his feet on the ground. Away from how money is spoiling the game, it says stockpiling also. But we are glad that stockpiling is about to end right now with the new rule that FIFA has put in place and then they are going to be facing it into England. So stockpiling is a big team, keeping several players on their books and then loaning them out and not allowing them play in their league. So it's like these guys are not willing to take the risk of leaving this top club and because of that they are not really doing as good as they can they are not taking as much risk as they can because it's the club that is determining everything so if there's no stockpiling you have to pick directly oh this is the person i want this is not the person i want and then it's easy for that person to go on with their life if you know okay i was selected i'm going professional let me be professional oh i was not selected let me know and face any other part of my life apart from that they also said agency is also affecting football which is true you see several agents blowing up the price of young boys several agents giving boys the wrong advices because of the money that they want to quickly make and it's part of what is making it very difficult for these guys to become pro they also say issues like parents pushing their dreams so a parent be that wanted to be a striker but never got the chance now has a son and then as much as possible they are pushing this son to do all of this and at the end of the day it affects the child's life like <laughs> it's, it's not the child's decision to actually want to go pro so it's the parents pushing them and then they never understand this and then this affects their journey of going pro Besides all of this, I want to state facts for you guys. I want to state facts for you guys about going pro. Now, facts. This fact is for everybody out there that is thinking about going pro. And then it's not to discourage you, but to let you know that what you are going in for is not rice. Neither is it beans. It is hard work. So if you still after these facts still want to go, then I think you are on the right track. 
Number one fact, there are more footballers in the world out of a job than in a job. That's a fact. So there are several footballers. Is is This is not a, an unemployment case. It's a case of there are so many people that want to be where you are and they will never be there. And you are in for a very, very hard journey. But as long as you believe and then you are ready to do the work, yes, you can do it. Two, it is not enough to be good. Talent is not enough. Know this and know peace. It's not because you are the best in your team right now. It does not mean by the time you leave your team and then you go to a club. Most of the guys that you meet at these clubs are already as good as you are. So you are just a little bit better than them. The only thing that would distinct you is massive, massive hard work. Like, massive hard work. There is a professional that was given an advice. He said, no matter the club that you are in, make sure you are amongst the top three at each time before you become pro. And it continues when you are even pro. Make sure you are always... So if they say who is the best, who is the second, who is the third, make sure you are between one of the three. If not, it's very difficult for you to go pro. Then, they said clubs sometimes don't honor their contracts, which is true. Even in the MPFL, the rule is that every player you sign, you must give them at least two years contract. But in Nigeria here, they say it's that, oh, yes, it's two years. But you see an agent still talking to the players still talking to the club to agree for a one-year contract because they just want the boy to play ball and then the club is saying okay it's one year even though the rule states two years and then there are several cases where if there's this case that is happening recently where they said a club in Ibadan sacked 17 of their players and it's, it's unheard of. It's not possible. You must honor the contracts. If you want to sack a player, there must be a compensation. So you must agree that, oh, this number of years that is remaining in your contracts will pay you this. That is that is the FIFA law. But it's, we are in very peculiar situations. And this is not just Nigeria. Even in England, most of these lower leagues clubs, they don't honor their contracts. So, bro, when you are going in, no this and no peace. <laughs> now... I don't even know the number I am. So be ready to mix. Be ready to switch rather from midfield to defense or defense to attack. Don't say I am a striker. Don't say I am a midfielder. Meaning as a young player, just go there and play your best and listen to what your manager is asking you to say or your coaches are asking you to say. They in goodwill. I hope they are they should know better than you. And whatever they tell you to do would be the best for you. There are several cases like um um alexander arnold he was a midfielder he became a defender there are several cases like um i think it was mendy he was a midfielder he became a goalkeeper there are several like that that are midfielders that will turn defender or a defender that will turn attacker because you know when you're playing five aside on monkey post you think ah i'm a striker i want to score goals but <laughs> reality is that nah brah and then you must focus on your strengths like as Wenga said, they asked him, they said, strengths or weaknesses? Focus on your strengths or your weaknesses. And then he said, strengths. So, if the coach is saying this and you've noticed that this is your strength, brah, focus or lady, focus on your strengths. Also, you must be ready to let go of comfort, like completely. There's no such thing as comfort for a young upcoming footballer. You must be ready to wake up early. You must be ready to sleep late. You must be ready to jog when everybody is going on family vacation. You will be in the training camp during summer training, and they'll be sending you pictures. 
when everybody is doing any other thing, you will go and train. Whether there is a, there is a lockdown or whatever, you must still train. You must be ready to train. You must be ready to let go of comfort completely. Sleep, walking and soaking your leg in ice. If you want to go pro, just forget about comfort throughout your career. You know, they say a footballer's career is very short. And then in this short time, be ready to walk your ass off completely. Also, open your eyes to combine and trial. So what is combine? Combine is um, a trial that players gather themselves together or coaches or agents gather them players together and then they put all of them in a pitch and then they allow them play each other and then they invite scouts to come and watch and then hopefully the scouts will pick players that they are interested in so if you want to go pro open your eyes to things like this especially even if you are in an academy nothing stops you from going to a combine because it will open doors to more opportunities for you now these combines are not cheap you will pay your own money to register you will pay your own money to sleep in an hotel if it's in another country you will pay your own money to feed yourself buy your training kits and everything that you will need and it is not guaranteed this that's life there are several loans self that a club trial rather a club wants to sign you but they say you should come on trial you will pay your own ticket fee to travel there you pay your own accommodation and then you so it's all on you to play and prove yourself to the club or not at the point where they now want you that's when the money comes in if not be ready for all of this and then lastly which is the most important as far as i'm concerned and then the especially is something that is way way out of your control and it seems unfair but that's life injuries injuries and careers so as much as possible protect yourself when you're a professional footballer there have been several cases of footballers where after training they just went to play with their friends maybe they went to party and then they will fall and break their ankle fall and break their knees and when you're upcoming you don't know when the chance will come so you have to always be ready one injury can be what will prevent a scout from seeing you you must be focused on the game and not play unnecessary plays and then as much as possible protect yourself don't get injured the budget that it takes to treat all these guys that we watch on tv and then they say is out for two weeks is thousands of dollars it is not easy money, but because the clubs can afford it and then they are making money off of this player, they can afford to do that. There are several upcoming stars in Nigeria, fantastic football players that just had one knee injury and then the chemists could not treat it and that was the end of their career. You must protect yourself, especially in Nigeria. Don't play football in places that you know that these guys are unnecessary physical because you want to prove a point or where you know that ah these guys are breaking bottles because you want to score a goal. As much as possible, protect yourself and be smart about it. It's not every match you play. It's not every five-a-side you play. Protect yourself. With this point of mine, I feel like I just give a, I just gave a debate with these few points of mine. I'm, I hope I've been able to convince you and not confuse you. <laughs> that going pro, bro, is very, very hard work. So the next time you're watching football and then... You want to shout on that guy that what kind of stupid pass is that what kind of stupid cross is that bro that cross that that guy has missed that you just saw like that he will train hours 
after that match to correct it. The game means so much to these guys. They are practically giving their lives. Fine, there are some people that are just there for the money. But believe me, you, the moment the club realizes that all oh, these guys just here for the money, they will drop you real fast. No footballer wants that. <laughs> and then maybe the ones that go to all these other leagues like China to make money. Good luck to them. But believe me, when they get there, they play ball. They play serious football for that money that they are being paid. And then they've trained all their lives for it. So whatever they decide to do, if it's money they want to chase, good luck to them. If it is um, awards they want to get, good luck to them. If it's trophies, it's their choice to make. It's their life on the line. It means more to them than it means to you. Know that it means more to these guys than it means to you. And then they've been through rough to be there. You see them on TV. It's Southampton. I, some guys will say he's in Newcastle. He can't play. He's in Southampton. He can't play. He's in... <laughs> oh my, oh my. They are the 1%. Know that. They are the 1%. They are the 180 in over 1.5 million. I hope you get this. Or I know you have gotten this. So thank you for listening to this episode and stay blessed. For more podcast episodes, visit all your podcast listening platforms or story.bolgecko.com. Also follow us on Instagram at bolgecko pod. Mm.